Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that out. We do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, our fantasy and betting partners, our fantasy partners, Prize Picks. Use the code 5FIVE. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. At Better Edge, use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. And get $20 free to play and that's peer-to-peer gambling it like prize picks totally legal in the state of florida so go to prizepicks.com use the code 5five better edge that's with an o betteredge.com use the code 5rsn and now tonight's episode down Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Yo, what is going on? It's Alex Toledo here with Brady Hawk. No Ethan Skolnick tonight. No Greg Sylvander, my guy Leif, covering the game in Charlotte, North Carolina tonight feel bad for him that was a tough one to watch uh at least it wasn't a blowout right i'll start there but no in serious i mean in all seriousness this was um i think and i was talking about this with you pre-show brady in some ways a repeat of what happened in the in the last hornets game where there was some sloppy effort i think the defense the defensive effort was much better tonight much sharper than it was last night after things got tough specifically where Whereas once the Hornets got that lead going, the Heat actually got sharper as a team defensively, the opposite of what happened last night, right? So I'm trying to start off with some of the positives here. I'm going to save one that's coming into my head for later on in the show. But really, like this offense, you expect some things, right? You expect them to not make threes, right? And that happened again tonight, 11 of 35. They, you know, you didn't get absolutely doubled up by three like the like they did last night where the Hornets only made 10. The problem was, and this has not been the case all season, was also that the Heat shot three of 16 in the mid-range. They've been a very good mid-range team despite the high volume. They've been efficient from there all season. That was not the case tonight. Uh, I think Jimmy did his thing. 
Tyler had a rough start, but got a lot better as the game went on, had a big fourth quarter. And then things just did not go well in crunch time. They got out-rebounded again, second straight game, after after being a very strong rebounding team offensively and defensively in the, in the year 2023. Before um, this stretch here with the last two games, like they were second in defensive rebounds, seventh in offensive rebounds in the year 2023. And I'm just staggered right now because it's been two straight games of that, two straight games of them not making their mark defensively with turnovers, losing the points off turnovers battle. So not only is the offense still bad, I know I'm kind of long-winded here, but the defense, you know what I mean? They're, they're, like, there's, the defense is not as sharp as it needs to be. And then there's stuff offensively that's not working. They're getting out-rebounded. I don't know what to say, man. I thought this was going to be the opposite of how they came out after, you know, this extended break. I thought guys were going to have fresher legs. Maybe some more shots were going to go down. Brady, I'm finally going to hand the ball over to you. I've been holding it for too long. I'm just absolutely left speechless despite how long I've been going here. And I just want to ask you, what are your biggest takeaways from this game? Like just the fact that they were able to, I guess, bring it down from a 22-point deficit down to three and make it a game. That's cool, nice. But other than that, it's hard to say anything else positive about this game. For sure. I mean, look, let's start with the fact that this is the Hornets. Like like making that run is, is cool and all, but it's like you, this is a – a game that you're supposed to get, especially after the performance you just put up the night before. But I'll start with the fact the defense you were mentioning. Uh, we shouldn't be shocked. Like, that's where I kind of start with it is, like, you look at the roster tonight, you see the 10 guys that they're playing, and five of them are not supposed to be anything close to elite defenders. So you're basically looking at the fact you're not only extending your rotation one slot, which I'm fine with, but you're kind of playing weird rotations in, in – uh, lineups that are not going to favor defense. What they're basically favoring, and they've, they've shown this in the last two games, they're saying we are fully leaning and betting on shooting well or scoring well in general, even if it's not the shots. And that's not happening. And if that's not happening, we know for sure the defense is going to be leaking. And so that's kind of what we've seen, I guess, defensively. You think these lineups are not supporting that. They've had an identity in past weeks, months, where it was basically, yeah, the, the shots and the shooting and the percentages look the same as they do now. But they were defending well. They were forcing turnovers. They were kind of doing that stuff because they were basically we, – we kept joking around about the clutch games. Part of the reason was just because the defense was that good that it was going to be 85 to 84, it felt like, every game because of just the lineup stayed out there. It was going to be gritty. It was going to be in the mud. Getting to the offensive side of things, uh, you know, you have Tyler who started, right, I think, around 0 for 5, 0 for 6, and then he just comes back and he started getting into a little bit of a rhythm. He was one of the few positives, I guess, later in the game. You had Jimmy Butler who – I'd say it's a pretty similar storyline in back-to-back games. Like two games in a row, he is not hitting. He's like, you know, he's a f- super efficient, but not on high volume. And part of the reason is just because he's getting to the line. He has 20 free throw attempts. Jimmy Butler had 20 free throw attempts against the Charlotte Hornets, and they lost. <laughs> like you got supreme aggressive Jimmy Butler in a game like this, and you lost. And what does that say? The supporting cast just isn't there. Like, I, I, like let's, you know... A, Things are probably more complex than just a simple stat sheet that I'm going to look at right now, but it's really not. <laughs> like when you get when it gets down to it, let's just start and go through some individual guys real quick. You go through Gabe Vincent, who did not shoot a shot until the fourth quarter. He ended up shooting five in the game, but five of them all came in the fourth. He did not shoot through the first three quarters. You go down to the bench. 
if you kind of Cody Zeller had four points in this game, he had four shot attempts, two or four. Uh, if you kind of count him out, you, you have Max Schroes, who was 0 for 3. You have Victor Oladipo, who was 0 for 5. You have Duncan Robinson, who was 0 for 1. Duncan Robinson, I was saying this to Alex before we started this, you know, played six minutes. He was a minus 17. Like, that is hard to do. And I'm not pointing this, like, all on Duncan Robinson because that is far from the case. But that is just a wild stat to look at in general. And that kind of sums up the role players. Like, it really does. It sums them up specifically tonight where it's basically it's Jimmy, it's Tyler. We're going to get to Kevin Love, I think, at a separate later on. And then it's Bam, which I did not think Bam – you know, Bam had far from his best game tonight. Like, it was, he was 6 of 14, and it just felt like he was a little sluggish out there offensively at times. Like, it did not seem like a strong Bam game. But I'm not even going to put this on him as much as we're going to look at that. Like, it really comes down to role players. Like, the thing that got them in so many games, the thing that kind of pushed them in the direction of a one seed last year, they're basically getting donuts from across the entire roster in a box score. And it's just like, if you're going to lean on offense and put out, like, roster and rotations and, and substitution patterns that are not going to be strong defensively with the kind of putting three negative defenders on the floor, you cannot have all of your specialists putting up zero points. So it's like, it feels like a lot of the time it's really that simple. So uh, I don't know. I mean, they made a run. They got a rhythm a couple of those times, but it's like they had around halfway through the second quarter. What did they have? 24 points. Like it's just, that is a tough thing to do in this modern NBA. Man, it's crazy that you say that. And E Reed was giving some great stats throughout the broadcast and I don't have the stats in front of me, but they had, he had said that essentially in that second quarter run, the last six and a half minutes or so of that second quarter, they scored at a, either the same amount or more than they did in that up to that entire game. I mean, up to that point in the entire game, excuse me. Like, it, it's just unbelievable how bad their offense can look against a, a bad defense. I'll just say it, uh, understanding it's a second night of a back-to-back on the road. The Hornets are also on the second night of a back-to-back. There's no excuses. You had to win this game knowing that you have um, some playoff opponents coming up now uh, in the schedule in the month of March, even though there's a lot of home games and they've been much better at home. So there's the positive there. But like, I agree with a lot of what you were talking about there. First with the lineups, I like, I was going to say Duncan shouldn't be in the rotation anymore, even though (laughs) before the break, we were saying maybe they should go back to him. That was obviously before the acquisition of two more front court players, specifically Kevin Love. So, uh, you know, who has already looked at as sort of a one-sided player other than what he does on the defensive boards. And, is somebody you got to cover up for on defense that kind of takes away the the flexibility of throwing Duncan in there because you just there's already too many guys you're covering up for. Not to mention Tyler Hero, who was getting hunted tonight a couple of different times throughout the game. Um, you've got Max Struess out there who's been struggling just so much. I feel really bad about the way that he, uh, him and Victor Oladipo look specifically. I think Depot, ever since coming back from injury, um, has looked very very hesitant on ball has uh, kind of dribbled into a lot of pull-up shots in between and not necessarily like great looks. It's not like, oh, they're just completely sagging off. And, you know, some of them are okay, but, you know, he's not even trying to get into the paint like he was before. And and, and it felt like that's kind of what you – where he was getting some offense going off the bench and getting the playmaking and, and, you know, the playmaking opportunities and assists were flowing off of the, you know, pick and roll and him getting downhill. We're not seeing that anymore. He's not even doing that. I think defensively he's still strong, so that's good. But it's looking like you've got a lot of one-sided players, and then some of the you know quote-unquote one-sided players are not even performing well on that one side they're supposed to be good at. They're not. They're not hitting their shots. 
it's a big problem. And then I, I don't know. I think they've got to figure out the rotation. I think they got to figure out the lineups. I think tonight was a little bit interesting because um, we saw some minutes with love at the love at the five. Another night of you know you'll see one or two minutes where Love and Zeller will play together. Uh, you know, so it's interesting to see Spo try to work his way through it. But I'm with you. I saw you were saying this on Twitter, either shorten the rotation or play Highsmith. And I'm kind of of the mind, play Highsmith, just go back into leaning defense. I thought he was giving you some strong um, playing time as the season went on. I think he helps you with the creating the turnovers. And it's just like, you know, the threes are not falling. Get over it. The Duncan thing is not going to work at this point now that you've added love into the rotation. If you're going to go 10 deep, I think you got to figure out the lineups more, whether or not you're playing Highsmith. And now that I'm done with that i wanted to ask you what happened in crunch time because they've been a pretty good crunch time team this season specifically i thought there was a couple of defensive mistakes um even though they definitely were much sharper and i thought we're pretty sharp in general um in the second half defensively it, it kind of came apart at the seams towards the end and i wanted to uh pick your brain there to see what you thought happened uh towards the end of the game yeah, it was weird because, I mean, for one, we talked about clutch time so much because they've been in so many of these situations. Uh, I was looking at some of the play-by-play stuff just now because it felt like they kept getting to, like, a tie game, like, at least two or three times toward the end of the fourth quarter. But they literally – it's like a cliche phrase, but they literally could not get over the hump. Like, they could not get past the tie game allegations. Like, it was like basically they could not push past it. Two minutes ago, Bam had, like, that – that one dunk, it was actually a pretty good play. Tyler got like a little bit of rhythm. Then Bam had a dunk where uh, actually like they ran like an inverted pick and roll for him. Jimmy screened for him. And it was like, I was like, okay, wait, they're getting a little bit of a rhythm here. They're actually running stuff for Bam here down the stretch of the game. Uh, and it felt like defensively, it was not only like the stuff with uh, some miscommunications, but it felt like there were so many opportunities where they just kept getting offensive boards. Like there was right after that dunk, I think it was the one where LaMelo shot a D, like a bad shot, deep three. He ends up getting his offensive board. You know, and then right after that, Bam goes into transition. It's a turnover. Like, it was just kind of sloppy stuff. Like, that was kind of my primary takeaway from it. And, you know, talking about so many of the stats, the one thing we didn't mention was, you know, we talk about Bam's stats, but Mark Williams on the other side has 18 and 20, bo- like 18 points and 20 boards. Like, we can't really look past that. When there's he should like probably a- start over Plumley. <laughs> when, when you get to a point like that, when the guy is basically putting up those type of numbers and grabbing 20 boards, and he's doing it at crunch time because he had – Shortly after, like I'm even looking at the, the playoff play right now, it's like 44 seconds to go. Rozier missed the jumper. Mark Williams off it's a rebound, and he puts it back for a dunk. And that was the play where Jimmy was frustrated. Love is, there, is staring at the rim for 44 seconds. Uh, and it seemed like he was having those moments a lot under the rim, kind of just looking around after offensive boards. But it was like uh, you just can't have those those lapses. If you're going to like get stops by some degree and you're going to force tough shots that they kind of were doing, you just cannot give up those easy putbacks and you cannot have these offensive plays where you're kind of giving up turnovers in crunch time. So, I mean, they kind of did it to themselves. Like I said, they just could not get over the hump even when they did good things. So, uh, but if I'm going to be honest, like this is one of those games where I walk away. And even if they won this game, I don't think I would have had this takeaway, but it's like, I'm not blaming it <laughs> on the end of this game. Like it's, it's everything else. Like it was the stuff that they did way before that. It was the fact that they couldn't get over the hump in the first quarter. Is the fact that they couldn't get over the hump in the third quarter when they kind of got back into it toward the end, toward halftime. Like those are more the issues I feel like generally than than the stuff I guess late in the game. Yeah, man, they've got some issues now because I think we we know that their offense is so heavily reliant, obviously too reliant. I think we know at this point in the season 
on their defense and forcing turnovers and not to harp on that so much. But when you don't do that, it's just so much pressure on not just the offense in, in general, but Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler to be very, very good. Like there's too much pressure, I think, for them to have good to great scoring nights in order for you to just get a win on a regular season night. And it's a problem because you just know you're not going to get enough relief shooting from the three. I think there's usually a standard of, okay, well, they're going to do pretty good uh, in the mid-range that, like I said before, just without even having having to look it up, I know that that was their worst mid-range shooting night this season because three of 16 is terrible. And like I said, they're, they've been very good at it. But, man. Part of that is Bam, by the way. I just want to throw that in there because we were talking yeah. about kind of his rough game. But, like, Bam is so major to their mid-range looks. Like, if, if that's kind of their, their whole diet. Yeah, man. And I think um, – it, it's tough because I don't know what's going on with Bam against the Hornets recently. That you would think that 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 would be a a matchup where he would succeed in. And look, shout out to Mark Williams. Like he's no scrub. Not that you know NBA players are not scrubs in general, but you know he's a talented young big, and he did what he needed to do tonight. Did a great job and just caught the heat lacking. Man, it wasn't all him, but you know Hayward had a strong performance. I thought you know we talked about this pre-show as well that even though Lamelo didn't shoot well, it felt like he had. Um, a much better game maybe it's just because of how streaky he is offensively but he just creates so many uh i think good looks for his teammates even despite some of the erratic passing very fun to watch but um now that we're through uh talking about the game overall let's get into what everybody wants to talk about is the newly acquired kevin love before we get to him um shout out prize picks use uh promo code five and shout out better edge use promo code five rsn this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. And shout out Cody Zeller, who, you know, didn't do much tonight compared to last night's monster stat line off the bench of 10, 7, and 3 or something like that. And um, the lowest... Uh, excuse me, the, the highest plus minus individually on the team in a terrible loss tonight, followed it up with, uh, I, I'm not looking at it right now. Excuse me. I believe four points, three rebounds. Um, he was fine. Right. So I'm just going to say that because he's the other acquired big man. I think he's been fine in the minutes. He basically took up the, the slate of minutes that Orlando Robinson was playing in. And it's kind of, it's a small upgrade, but it's an upgrade nonetheless. And I think having that extra big body who just knows where to go and what to be, is an upgrade, even though sometimes I think he comes up a little bit too high when he's defending the screen and, and it doesn't feel intentional. It doesn't feel like a game plan thing because it'll be like 
he's defending a drop and uh as the ball handler gets closer into the paint he comes up to, uh, to kind of contest and i think it kind of opens up things sometimes down low for the big and the, the drop down pass specifically to the big that's a random thing that I, that i just kind of came to my mind during the game watching him but i think other, otherwise he's pretty solid uh moving pretty well doesn't look too slow now for kevin love Big time bounce back game specifically on offense, which is what you're kind of expecting from him. Put up a 13 and 13 double double, right? So he, you know, he he snatches up a lot of rebounds. Good to see him make some threes. He got an easy bucket in the paint. I wanted to ask you what you thought of him, and um, specifically the, the way that they were able to manage the rotation and the defense around him. We saw more of what we saw last night as far as a lot of uh, showing and recovering on the screens and a lot of blitzing on the screens. Which one of those do you like better? Do you like them both equally? Um, and do, how do you feel about him? Not only as a starter, but as a closer, because he was a closer tonight. And for me, I think it's a matchup thing. Like I think, I, even though I've said, I don't know if he's a closer because of the defensive concerns, I think in the playoffs, you might have to close with him at times because of how big some of these specific matchups are, you know, depending on who we're talking about. But um, I, I think nonetheless, it's good to have the weapon. And I think they still have some things to figure out as far as what are the right lineup machinations. And I know this is a loaded question, but yeah. What do you think about the way that they're managing um, him defensively as a team? And what do you think about his fit in the rotation so far as a starter and as a closer? So I'll start with the defensive stuff. Uh, they basically show – this is what they love to do with any type of big, but like you were talking about, they're going to just basically show and, and recover in that way. They're going to blitz out in that way with Kevin Love, which I think makes a ton of sense. Like I feel like they can do it. It's what they're good at. This team has always relied on kind of those backside rotations. So I'm fine with that aspect of it. The one thing that I kept noticing that the most of the miscommunications with Kevin Love were actually coming with Bam, like when they were kind of in similar actions. Like there was there were some points where like he didn't know if him, they were supposed to switch it with each other or if they were just going to just kind of go through it, like if that's some like part of the wrinkles that I think they need to figure out because those were more of the issues. And like you were mentioning kind of the interior stuff, that's more of them too than anything. Like the guard stuff is pretty simple for him. It's just blitz out and try to recover as best as possible. And the other guys are going to cover up for you. So I feel like that stuff's pretty self-explanatory. It's just kind of get those, those other issues flattened out, I guess, moving forward. They have uh, got to be close down, to the rim. I think when you're, when you're having Kevin Love come out, so you know, yeah. it's a three-point line. I think Bam's got to be somewhere close to the paint. He, he's he's got to be there. I think that's the whole point of this, right? He's got to be the low man. And if Bam's pinching, it's kind of the looks that they're forcing anyway, because we know that he are forcing basically those those corner threes and late closeouts. So it's exactly schematically, it's kind of what they do anyway. So it definitely would make sense to do that. When it comes down to his performance, I guess offensively, he has 13 points, 13 rebounds. I thought he was definitely good on the boards. Like I know that we were jo- joking about some of the stuff with him looking around off some offensive rebounds, but. Uh, he de- definitely swarms for the boards and ends up getting uh, kind of crashing in that way. Offensively, it seems like, you know, this is exactly what you'd want from Kevin Love. Like a nice little 13-point performance. I mean, you'd obviously want him probably to be a little bit more efficient. He was 3 of 9 from 3. But it's like the only reason, it, it, the fact that you need more is because everybody else isn't holding up their end of the bargain. Like if everybody else was doing their job, you'd be like, okay, this is exactly what you kind of need from Kevin Love. Just like three triples in a certain night, you get a little bit offensively, you get some rebounds. This is exactly what you'd want. So I don't think there's anything, uh, any problems in that way. When it comes down to to your other question, in terms of finishing and closing, that's where I go a little bit different because I just don't know. Like, I I, I don't know if I'm totally there yet. I don't know if he's a closer on this team. I just don't think so. I think when, it, when 
if they're not going to be good offensively with him on the floor or without him on the floor, put your best defenders on the floor. <laughs> like, like you're going to have Tyler out there closing. Let Tyler be out there with four decent defenders and just try to close that way. I don't see a reason to try to just kind of overcompensate offensively if neither way you're going to be, you know, extremely good from three or just for, scoring in general. So in terms of closing, I still think they, they need to figure it out because as much as I preach and talk about they're, they're, they have four closers, you look at Deep over tonight and it's like he doesn't look right right now. Like he doesn't look right offensively. He doesn't look comfortable. His shot is just basically being forced because they're leaving him open. He just keeps kind of just pressing. Uh, it's tough to even look at, you know, they have three closers. And I th- in right now at this exact moment, they have three closers and you got to fit two guys around them. And I really do think, and, you know, that's why Depot still is in this discussion, but they need two defenders around those guys. They just do. And it's like, uh, that's the way they have to approach this because this team is not built to just outscore you. They're going to be a team that can maybe force more turnovers. They can out turn over you, but they're not going to outscore you. So I, I liked what you saw for Kevin Love. I think this is ideally what you'd want if everybody else is looking, you know, at least doing somewhat of their job. But, but yeah, I don't know if I'm at the closing part yet. And he was before he entered what he finished with 26 minutes before he entered like to finish the game, he was already at like 21, 22 minutes. So I, I actually thought he was done for the night. Yeah, me too. I was surprised to see him come back in the game. Um, I, I was interested to see because, you know, especially with closers, um, Spo will handle it. Like you said, he, he's got three with Jimmy Bam and Tyler that are guaranteed. And then the other two, it, it's who's having the better night and, and it's a matchup thing. And so I thought versus a smaller Hornets team like this, you know, on, on a, in theory, like he could take advantage of smaller guys in the paint. Somebody switched on to him that, you know, that hasn't played out yet so far. Um, with a Hornets team that definitely has a lot of small guys. He hasn't got in position in the paint or anything like that yet. But other than that, like, I, I think you see the positives of what he can provide for sure. I think the the hedging, the, the showing and recovering is going to get sharper. The rotations are going to get sharper as they figure this out because it is a new coverage for the starting lineup specifically. I think they kind of got used to the switching base that they've had, even though there's definitely mix-ups and, of course, you know, Guys playing different units. They're throwing different coverages all the time. I think for the starting lineup specifically, it's something new. And you're playing Tyler Hero and Kevin Love. And that's where it becomes difficult. You're, you're covering up for a lot there. And that's why I'm sort of with you when it comes to the Kevin Love closing thing. And that's why I wanted to ask you that. Because I think it's really tough right now. Like, there's no easy answer. Because you would like to have his shooting, the exercise, and the rebounding matters. Like it, the rebounding matters versus bigger teams. I think um, you can't let teams get easy offensive rebounds and second chance points. The Heat have to win the field goal attempts battle by forcing turnovers. They're not necessarily going to offensive rebound you to death, but you got to win those things. So I think I, I I see the vision of Kevin Love's fit. I'm just I'm with you. I'm not sold on him being a full time starter and closer because I think you can be fine with him as a starter. And then you can kind of figure out what um, you know when when is the right time to close with him. I think obviously tonight he was having a good night. A lot of other people weren't, so you know it's pretty understandable. He's obviously still new. The Hornets are not some juggernaut team where you got to be really conservative. Like I understand closing with him tonight, but some of those defensive mistakes at the end in crunch time were, I, I think, part of his fault as well. And some of it is really just his physical limitations, man. And that's where you're kind of trying to cover up and that's why you got to be extremely sharp with the rotations because 
it's going to take him a little bit longer <laughs> to recover, right? That's the whole thing with showing and recovering is the recovery, right? Because the, the others can only hold that down for so long. That's where the easy shots come from. If you if you can close up that window of time just by a little bit, those extra milliseconds, that that's that's where the stop that's the difference between a stop and an easy shot, right? And I think that those little nuances will get ironed out as the season goes on. Obviously, not a whole lot left before the playoffs. But yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Kevin Love going forward. Glad to see him hit some shots tonight because I was getting some bad, I was getting some Duncan vibes um, after the first two misses in the sense of just like, oh my God, when is he going to hit one? This is, you know, there's just so much pressure after each miss for the next one to go in. So I'm glad he got going a bit there. Um, I also think there was a lot of times where they missed him, um, especially at the top of the key. Like he was open and guys are completely um, helping off of him, which we thought we weren't going to see much. A lot of times last night that the the, um, the Bucks were were not, they were kind of staying home on love and um, Bam and Jimmy were able, and, and Tyler were able to get some shots off closer into the paint because of it. Not that last night was good in any way, but tonight you saw a lot of helping off of love and they just don't feed them enough. Like they, they got to get used to that and they got to feed them. They got to take advantage whenever a team does help off because that's an easy shot for him, especially for somebody as tall as him like once you have a smaller person trying to recover there, like on that closeout after they're helping out so much, like that shot is going up. You know what I mean? He's it's hard to to recover and contest somebody who's taller than you shot. And sorry for talking so much. You you can tell I'm not used to being a host here. I'm just interested to see now that we've got these new elements. Right. It's it kind of uh, mixes things up, which has made the season a little bit more interesting. It's unfortunate that it's, um, you know, it's resulted in two straight disheartening losses, even though they were very different from each other. And I think the Heat have got to figure some things out, man, if that wasn't obvious enough. So um, thank you, Brady, for joining me. Thank you to everybody for watching. You probably won't have to hear from me uh, as a host for a long time. So you can take some solace in that. Uh, <laughs> shout out to sponsors. Shout out Prize Picks, uh, promo code 5. Shout out Better Edge, promo code 5RSN. And thank you guys for listening. We'll be back soon. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.